Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and every week during the academic year, I sit down with members of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this 17th edition of Monmouth College Conversations of the 2022-2023 school year, we visit with some of the students who were part of a fascinating class taught last fall by Chris Goble of the Monmouth College Communication Studies Department. The class produced a great report about the challenges and opportunities that face their college's host city. Monmouth College students recently took a closer look at the city where they go to school and they say they discovered some surprising facts about the Maple City. The students who were in an introduction to journalism class taught by student media advisor Chris Goble of the Communication Studies Department immersed themselves in the Monmouth community last fall semester. It was part of an investigative reporting assignment titled 260 Reports, Small Town Challenges and Opportunities. You can read more about their work in a news story that's located in the News and Events section of the Monmouth College website. That URL is monmouthcollege.edu news. There's a link in the story to the excellent seven-part series, which I highly recommend. I recently sat down with Chris Goble, along with students Karen Frederick and Bailey Shimon, to discuss the class project. Chris says that he got the idea for the 260 Reports project, named after the class, as a way to connect Monmouth students to their surrounding community. All right, so the uh, the 260 Reports was a, a, a different idea. I've done the Intro to Journalism class for a long time and had them uh, report on uh, different types of stories. But uh, when we redid the curriculum and uh, they introduced the community engagement instead of the citizenship course, uh, I thought, uh, you know, that the journalism class meant that anyway, because what are journalists but people who are community engaged? So you learn a lot about a community and you become engaged in it by reporting on it. But what I wanted to do was push us out into the actual community because most students would pick things that are right around them or right near them. So uh, the idea to try to do something out in the community um, came up. And one thing I've been wanting to try for a while and basically steal from uh, a uh, like really really prestigious summer program, and it's called News Twenty One. Um, it functions between the Carnegie Mel- the Carnegie Knight Foundation, and it's at the and the Cronkite School at uh, Arizona State. They do this competitive summer program where uh, college journalism students from all over the country come and spend the summer, and they do deep dive reporting in lots of different media on a big uh, social issue. They did post COVID, they did voting rights. They've done all sorts of things over like the 10 plus years they've been doing this program. So I thought, well, can I try to do something like that, you know, on a much smaller scale uh, here? So uh, the, the students initially contacted, um, 20 to 30 entities in town, whether they were government or social, uh, social work, social organizations, um, basically places in the community that could have an idea of what was uh, issues and uh, and uh, problems in the community. We did a short little like survey, which had its challenges because, you know, 
people are a little leery when you're asking them, you know, what's going on. So uh, we eventually, though, came up with a number of different um, issues that I felt interrelated to themselves. And that's how we sort of came back to the idea of, you know, small town challenges, because everything that kind of came up, whether it was uh, housing um, and like different types of housing and availability of housing to childcare to um, access to healthcare, all sort of related back to what you would typically think are issues inside uh, or, or, or challenges and issues inside smaller communities. And it turned into a seven part report. Yeah. And the major finds that the students discovered were what? Um, I, I think it's that uh, one uh, mammoth isn't, unique in what it struggles with all small towns struggle with these um uh, with these things and that it it seems that the town has lots of different uh entities whether they're public or private uh that are trying to uh make a difference and create new opportunities one that i think would surprise people is that you know we think there's and every, every small community wants to talk about that there's a gigantic lack of housing and actually what we found is there's not their specific portions of the community that have issues with housing and that um that tends to be people who live in sort of that middle ground where you make enough that you don't necessarily qualify for the assisted housing but you also don't make enough to go out and you know build yourself a house or find a house and that the after a study that happened that's been probably six, seven years ago that the city did, um, they've been working on this in sort of a three-pronged approach where um, they have been building a few more of the lower-income housing. Those apartments are going up like right now. Uh, and then they also just have a uh, builder lined up. A con a an architect contractor they have like they have like the pieces and they think they have the land now they think they have an area of land that they can purchase or that the developer can purchase uh, to build like a subdivision we'll call it that that is a little bit higher income housing with the hope that the people who are in town living in houses that might be ones that people in that middle ground where the gap is can afford that they would want to buy and move or build a house out in the subdivision, which then would free up some of the housing in town. So it's sort of like this big shifting was one major thing that um, I thought was interesting that I didn't realize was going on. That's kind of a complex, uh, a a complex thought, but across all the issues um, it seems like uh, people are honestly trying to find solutions to something that everyone deals with in every small community or small area is, you know, there's lack of uh, opportunity. There is issues with transportation to get to services. And it seems like there are, you know, those, those people around the community uh, are, that are trying to find ways to make this work when you don't have massive budgets and massive, uh, you know, uh, massive money to spend um, on those kind of programs. Karen Frederick, you and uh, your uh, co-writer or co-author, Bailey Shimon, explored daycare in the Monmouth area. Uh, what did you all discover about uh, the availability of daycare in the Monmouth area? Um, the big thing that kind of stood out to me when we were kind of doing those kind of initial surveys, uh, and I talked to Sam Brooks from the YMCA, and the thing that he had kind of emphasized was that 
the thing that the community was struggling with when it came to daycare was a lack of like infant daycare um, because he talked about how the state of Illinois has kind of some restrictive legislations in place that kind of um, make it difficult for organizations to care for um, children below a certain age because they have to have certain uh, staff that have certain education credentials that kind of you know, enable them and kind of give them the credibility to help care for and like staff and care for um, really young children. And so um, when it comes to kind of the that struggle, um, organizations like the YMCA, they can't offer daycare for um, that young of a, that young of children, which is a big deal when they're a big kind of source of child care for a lot of the community. And I think we found that um the, the private care, the private daycares that we have in the community, a lot of them, the problem is that a lot of them can take infants, but they're limited in how many they can take. And they're also just limited in um, the amount of like, children that private daycares can take and then the amount of um, like actual like infants. Like within, I think one of the ones that we talked to was um, they had, they could take like six to eight children, but they could only take like two infants. Um, and they had like, uh, there was like a mother who called ahead um, she, the baby hadn't even been born yet and she had called to see if she could like reserve a spot for her child um, and the, the daycare couldn't do that but it just kind of I think that that was a really interesting in, uh, interaction that we had that I think really emphasized um, how important um, and concerning that it was for that daycare was um, for um, expecting mothers and young mothers and that kind of thing Bailey Shimon, what surprised you about daycare in Monmouth? Because like Karen, you have children, you don't have to worry about finding daycare for them. My guess is neither of you have given a lot of thought to daycare challenges that people face because it's not something you face every day. So what surprised you or or even shocked you in terms of, of your work? Honestly, I didn't know how many like in-home daycares Monmouth had, so that was kind of surprising. Um, I talked to the Jameson Community Center, and something that surprised me is that they're renovating the Knights of Columbus building for like a daycare center. And what's helpful about that is not only will they take like regular like daycare, but they'll also do like the infant care that we're struggling with in Monmouth. So that will definitely be a plus for the community. And Bailey, you're from Monmouth. Yep. You grew up in in the Maple City. How did this project deepen your understanding of the challenges and the opportunities that, that exist within Monmouth? I think it just kind of just spread awareness to me more about the community and seeing it on like a deeper level, like specifically daycare. So that was interesting. And Karen, you're from outside of Monmouth. Mm-hmm. Um how much interaction had you had with the city b- before you're a senior, but in your previous three years at the college, how much interaction you had with, with the city during your time here? And, and what did this project reveal to you about mom at the city? that Maybe you didn't know. Uh, honestly, I haven't had a lot of interaction with the community. I don't have a car on campus. I haven't had it for all of my uh, time here. So that's in some ways kind of limited my experiences that I've had with the community because I've relied on just the times I go out in the community with friends, which is usually just limited to going to get food and stuff like that. Um, so I felt like 
I didn't really have like a very deep connection to the community. It always just kind of to me was just the the town that I uh, came to study in when I uh, was away from home. And um, so I really appreciated this project and talking to the people that I talked to, because I think the thing that um, really stood out to me when I was talking with people like Sam Brooks was just how much they care for the community and how much um, passion and love they have for this, despite um, some of the issues that it has. They really want to support each other and help each other and really um, just come together as a community to help each other in any way they can. And that was just, I just found that it through the process of um, working with the um, different organizations that we talked to, I think it was just very revealing of the character of Monmouth um, and kind of enlightened me on more of the town that I'm spending, that I've spent four years in. And Chris, I have to imagine that was maybe one of the uh, uh, secondary purposes of this project was to help the students learn more about where they go to school mm-hmm. that extends beyond Broadway, Euclid, 6 and 9th streets. Yeah, you know, that's that's an uh, yeah, that w- that's under that surface that, you know, you should you know, understand where you're at and you can learn more about you know, whatever community you're in, whether it's when you're in school or when you go uh, professionally. But yes, I mean, that's that's a part of what's at the core of the idea of what community and community engagement is supposed to be, is that, you know, uh, while you're in school, it should be more than just this small pod that is the school that you live in. Uh, it should be this whole community. And there is this connection and both, you know, are woven together in lots of different ways. And lots of students don't understand that or see that you know and even when you move professionally you cannot understand and see that and that is just essential for a journalist to see that understand it and be deeply embedded in that community because you can't really do your job until you do so um besides the real journalistic connection i think it's valuable for everybody (laughs) to understand that place they are you know and how that impacts them and then how what they're doing impacts those people who are in that community because what we do here definitely impacts the people who are outside of this little uh, square (laughs) and what they do out there impacts us so um, it's important to understand that connection you're listening to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm talking to student media advisor Chris Goble of the Communication Studies Department, along with students Karen Frederick and Bailey Shimon. They were among those who were responsible for a terrific online project, 260 Reports, Small Town Challenges and Opportunities. You can read more about the project, as well as read the entire seven-part online series in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. Before we get back to our conversation, a reminder that Monmouth will be celebrating Black History Month throughout the month of February. Check out the events planned for the month at the college. Be sure to check out the campus calendar, and that can be found as well at monmouthcollege.edu slash news. The month's events will be posted during the week of January 31st. Now let's get back to my conversation about the student project 260 Reports, Small Town Challenges 
resources and opportunities. Chris Goble says that one of the revelations Mama's students had from working on the seven-part project is that there's no silver bullet to solve a public policy challenge. Right, yeah. And then when they were hearing, you know, like, oh, well, they're doing these apartments over here. So that's great. There's all these places people can live. And I was, we actually had to go through this because they, they talked uh, to the city administrator and he explained everything. And then when they, when the group, when the groups who was doing that started to write the story, I read an early draft and I'm like, no, that's not, uh, that's not what he was saying because it just sounded to them like, here's these developments, here's these houses, it's fixing it. And I'm like, no, no, there's a lot of things moving around here you know it's not just as simple as you go build this you know we've got people who live at different tiers of you know uh economics different tiers of uh you know you know what they can pay for housing you know because also what was interesting what was funny i won't mention the name but a uh a former faculty member who had trouble selling their house uh commented when i posted the story was like well, if we have a housing crisis, why did it take me so long to sell my house? I'm like, well, it's much more complicated than that. So even beyond students, you know, people in general don't understand kind of how complicated um, that whole prospect is of, you know, housing is so necessary. And I think if you can get anything out of the project as a whole, you can see how all of these pieces ripple. Um, and it's one of the things my wife, who's a social worker, um, would talk about too that you know when when someone is in a position where they can't find housing that doesn't just affect the fact of this doesn't just affect the fact of where they're going to live it affects the fact that well if they can't find a house they can't afford a house they can't put down an address to be able to get a license to get a loan for a car uh, to get a job so by not having that house they can't get a car they can't get a job they can't qualify for you know since they can't find a daycare. Well, when they can't find a daycare, they can't get the job, but they can't get the house. Where are their kids and them going to live and how are they going to be able to get... So all these things like so intertwine um, in how people have to live their lives. So it's a very, very complex thought. And I hope that, you know, the students in the class all started to see that even in a small place, you know, these issues are complex and that it takes a bunch of different people to try to solve these and they don't just solve overnight and it's a constant ongoing process uh, to try to make you know people's lives better um, yeah there's no we said there's no silver bullet to solve really anything there's no silver bullet to solve it other than maybe werewolves and movies <laughs> Bailey you're uh, uh, you're focused on history and classics here at Monmouth talk a little bit about how this project helped you in your area of study and how it's, you think it might prepare you for a career when you graduate in a few months? So I applied to um, different graduate schools for library and information science for next year. And I'd like to be an archivist. And so being an archivist deals with the public a lot. Like people bring in collections or different historical documents that they're going to throw away, but they wonder if like the, the archives can help like preserve it. And so very similar to like the journalism project talking to people like that's what I'll have to do as an archivist is talk to people and like give out information and so that really helped me Karen you're focused on history and media studies how does this program work into what you're studying at Monmouth and as you think about starting a career in a a few months as well Uh, well for me uh, in terms of 
future plans, uh, I'll be honest and say I don't have any solid ones right now. Um, kind of open-ended seeing what's going to happen. Um, but nonetheless, I'm still grateful for the experience that I had with the journalism class because what I found was that um, it pushed me out of my comfort zone and pushed me to talk to people about like the community and their lives and just, you know, making phone calls to people to talk to them or sending emails and setting up interviews and stuff were just um, skills that I think walking away are really valuable. And I think that no matter what career I find myself in, those um, just basic communication skills, I think, will be important. And I'm glad that I had that experience of kind of being able to prove myself in like a safe environment that I'm able to do those things. As you look back on the project, are there two, three, four things that you would recommend for people who live and work in Monmouth focus on in terms of improving the city, making the city stronger? Mm. <laughs> um, it feels like a deep question. Um I mean, obviously, we we focused on the daycare, so that one is, uh, I think, and I think it's kind of going back to what uh, Professor Goebel was saying, too, where it's um, so many of these issues kind of ripple into each other, and, you know, they aren't isolated issues, and so I think that that's important to consider is, like, when you're considering an issue like daycare, it, you know, goes into things like job security and, um, and housing and that kind of thing, and so... I guess, you know, when it comes to things like if I were to say daycare, I would also, I guess, emphasize the importance of um, uh, housing and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other issues. I know there was also um, a focus on, oh, what was it? On healthcare as well. As well. Yeah, there was healthcare and then there was... Transportation. Was, transportation. I think one of, one of the other classes, there was something, I'm sorry, I'm blinking on it, but... Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to nail down um, a specific, like, one or two because I feel like they all have their value and importance. How about you, you Bailey? What do you think needs to be done to strengthen your hometown? Um, well, I guess just like how everyone's talked about, everything kind of connects. So just coming together, working together to figure out how to solve issues and stuff. I guess that's one of the more interesting things that I took away from the series as well is that there's not a department of or a section of. It's all everyone sort of they're all in it t together in terms of making Monmouth a stronger place. Was that something you expected to see from the beginning, Chris? You know, I'm. I'm not sure that I expected anything, <laughs> you know, uh, being the first time trying to do this. Um, I think what the problems were um, didn't surprise me because just with, you know, having been here a while and coming from a small town, living in a small town, um, that is what tends to be, you know, the problems uh, in most places. What, um, what I think uh, was um, unexpected was that um, there are, you know, different entities and not just governmental that are really, you know, working on this and thinking about it and, and trying to solve it in a lot of different ways, which is encouraging in any small town because lots of times what you'll see is there isn't someone to step in and be there or there isn't a place to go. And I think between both government and the social service agencies that are here um, uh, and some private entities, there are 
are very committed people here um, and that there is actually thought and plans happening and stuff that is being tried um, you know, to solve these problems or at least make the problems better. I'm not sure you're ever solving these problems, but at least making the problems better. That's Mammoth Student Media Advisor Chris Goebel. He teaches in the Communication Studies Department at the college. You also heard from students Karen Frederick and Bailey Shimon. They were among those responsible for producing a terrific online report. 260 reports, small town challenges, and opportunities. You can read more about the project as well as the entire seven-part online series in the News and Events section of the Monmouth College website. And that URL, of course, is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. And that's a wrap on this 17th episode of Monmouth College Conversations. You can tell us what you think or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. Until our next conversation, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. 